0: Me. this show is part of the thrill me podcast network experience more on facebook and youtube it's time for the mr wonderful show here's your host mr wonderful Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. Happy to be here on this Wednesday recording whenever you're listening. Just thanks for tuning in, giving your ear to me for the next uh, couple minutes of your day. Now, do want to mention, if you haven't done it yet, please hit the subscribe button to the show. Wherever you're listening, I am on all streaming platforms for you. Also, like the show, rate, review the show, share it with friends and family, uh, and that'll help get the show out to more people. So, you know, just, hey, that's, you know, sharing is caring, like the kids say, and like everybody says, really. Uh, big show, though, this week, we're going to get into the Prey Predator, the prequel film Prey hit Hulu this week, uh, we're going to talk about that, going to have a Quick little review for you on that, but you could also hear my thoughts on that movie if you check out the latest episode of Hunter's podcast. Myself, Zach, Brooke, we had a quick conversation about Prey before we dove into uh, the latest news of Halloween Horror Nights uh, and the Bush Gardens Williamsburg little mess up that happened before they eventually made an announcement this week. So you can give that show a listen to, as well as all the other Throw Me podcast shows. So go like Thrill Me Podcast Network on Facebook, on TikTok, on Instagram, and you can stay connected to all of our shows. Uh, Hunters Podcast came out. Uh, You got Metal Groove with Tombstone Josh, a great interview uh, to check out from this week's show as uh, he he's really just crushed it this week. Uh, really enjoyed that episode as he talked with Matt Redmore of Kentucky Ruckus. So that's a fun interview to go check out. My buddy Review It, Rob, is back as well. He talks about Prey, but he also has a full slate of flicks to review. He's got Bullet Train, They Them. Uh, he's also getting into a lot of the DC news, which I'm going to talk a little bit about DC coming up because... There's some things to get into as far as the Warner Brothers Discovery stuff goes. But yeah, check out the review at Rob show. And then tomorrow, uh, Zach will be back as well with another improper guidance episode, uh, which, you know, all these shows part of the Throne Podcast Network. So if you like us on our socials, you'll be up to date on everything when it drops. All right. So we'll talk about Prey a little bit later on, but this is the first time that we've gotten to speak Since the earnings call officially happened Uh, last week, I was trying to wrap my head around what was going on as far as Warner Brothers Discovery, the whole merger, everything like that. And since then, a lot of things have uh, officially come out. We had the earnings call. I thought about doing a special episode, dropping one, but I figured just do it all this week. We'll just hit it right here. So really the fallout, that the way that I see it and the way that I kind of wrap my head around it is that uh, what I gathered is that since this merger, they have lost lots of money at Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, I think the number was $5 billion. I kept hearing of a loss, things like that. So everything that I was talking about last week, uh, it's all making sense now. This is all a money play. By Warner Brothers, and, and I did, spe- and I and I speculated that last week. I, I, I said that this feels like it's that, and it is. The sale and the way that this sale and this merger works, they can write off certain films, television shows, things that have been created. Sort of certain certain creatives, they have a time window to write those things off. That is what unfortunately has happened with Batgirl. Uh, the Scoob prequel Halloween special that was like even more complete than Batgirl. Uh, that was at 95% completion. Was, I think it was only two months away from its release. So this is all a money play. And the thing that we kept hearing was how to save money, how to save money. And that's what Warner Brothers Discovery is looking to do right now. That is the best way to describe what has happened and talk about what happened with Batgirl. Uh, It's not a good look, though. You know, that's that's been well documented. The amount of people that got screwed over for their work, the amount of time that was put into it, and the fact that it's just going to be written off so that they can get a tax break and make a profit instead of trying to actually turn a profit just knowing that, well, you know, hey, it's cost-cutting, it's savings. That sucks, and it sucks at the fact that if that is what ends up happening with these films, we will never see Batgirl. That will never happen. Their work is gone. So, yeah, it's disrespectful in that nature. And it would suck to never be able to see this film because I I truly think that at this point, if DC released it, if they went, hey, we'll release this movie in theaters, I think it's going to be the Sonic aspect of things where we're going to go, thank you, and go to see it based on the thank you notion, the hey you did the th- we we told you to do the thing now we're gonna go see the thing, and at the end of the day I still cannot believe that Batgirl could be that bad that they shelved it that that it's that bad compared to Shazam compared to the Flash there's no way Batgirl with the team behind it the actress that was the lead like if you haven't seen In the Heights go watch it great great film and. You would be on board with this casting, so I don't think it's any of that. Uh, like, I, I don't think this was a bad film, and yeah, I know people are pointing at the test score of like, oh, I got like a sixty percent, and it's test score. that's the same thing. It Chapter One got that's the same thing. Shazam got it's the same thing. A lot of you know, and and I know a lot of this has come up. If you haven't heard it, yeah, this is a lot of the the back and forth of. Well, it had a low rating. That's why they did it. Well, these other films that ended up being massive hits for you and were critical successes as well as financial successes had the same score. But really, again, what it comes down to was a cost cut. In order to get that score up, they would have had to invest more money in a film that already cost $90 million. So the way that they saw fit, if we cut now, well... We're good. We're we're you know, we'll get our tax cut here. We're fine. We're okay. We don't have to invest more into it for a loss. And what the big takeaway needs to be as well is that there's a big shift in the mindset right now with Warner Brothers discovery as was with Time Warner when they were the owners, when they were co-partners in this, when the, when there was a different person in charge because at the end of the day, the the this is a new regime and the new regime is not committed to streaming the way that the previous one was, the way that, you know, the one of, hey, 45 days after our movies hit theaters, you're going to get them on HBO Max, sign up to HBO Max. And what we're seeing right now is, is, is a shift away from that, a shift away from the streaming, which is kind of interesting. And I'll get to that in a minute, but talking about the 45day window Elvis right now that's back in theaters that movie was supposed to be hitting HBO Max this week which should have been out right now I should have been I you should be able to log into your HBO Max account and see that film the 45 day window is up but it's not there it's available for rental it's available you know that way they can make their profit that way off of it now. But it's back in theaters. It came back to theaters. I, I know one of the local theaters around me stopped showing it last week. They announced it's back this Friday. It's coming back. So this... this I I, I know people are going to be are mad about the Batgirl thing, but we need to just move forward with the realization of it seems like we are being robbed of that. But there is a shift in mindset. We're not going to, and this is dangerous in the sense of, it's a very slippery slope. I, I guess I should say slippery slope and not dangerous because what what's happening here is that we're starting to see the pendulum swing back to movie theaters. There was this feel for a very long time, and it's going to be interesting when I talk about Prey here in a minute, but there's been this feel for a while of, oh, everything's shifting to streaming, and it's shifting to streaming, and it's shifting there, But now you see HBO Max and Warner Brothers, it's shifting back to theaters. It's shifting away from streaming. They're taking the approach of it's not about the streaming service anymore as it is about releasing films in theaters and making films for theaters and not specifically for streaming. So it's going to be interesting to see where that takes it because as far as the streaming wars go, what type of content is going to be on HBO Max? You know, are people going to be okay? You know, are are there people out there right now that have HBO Max because of the 45-day window that are sitting there and going, wait a minute, Elvis, I'm not going to theaters to see this. I got this streaming service for for this reason and I've been waiting to watch Elvis. Are those people now going to start canceling their HBO Max subscriptions? Uh, You know, we've heard about them removing HBO Max original films, the the Witches film with Anne Hathaway. In fact, two Anne Hathaway movies got taken off. A Seth Rogen film was taken off. Films that were specifically HBO Max originals are now being removed from HBO Max. If movies start vanishing that people like or just movies in general start vanishing, and the thing that has always made HBO Max stand out is that Out of all the streaming services, I will always admit HBO Max gives the best options as far as movies go. Uh, Netflix at this point is just, they were the first. They have some good stuff, but HBO Max, I felt, was always the place. That was where I went for, what are we going to watch movie-wise tonight? Unless Netflix released something that we were interested in, in my house, we always went to HBO Max. So they offered a great movie selection, but if you're starting to take that selection away, what does that mean for HBO Max? So that's what I mean by dangerous, slippery slope of you're shifting away from streaming as far as movies go, but what is that going to cost you in the end? Is it going to work? Is it going to pay off? Time will tell. Again, this is all a money thing. Also, More people are going to start losing their jobs as well on the streaming side of things with this, with the fact that HBO Max and Discovery Plus are merging into one giant streamer. That means that people that work at HBO for HBO Max, specifically streaming and over at Discovery Plus streaming, they're going to be people that are going to start losing their jobs there. There's, you know, it's a really weird thing that's going on and time will tell whether or not there really is a plan here but uh, to me warner brothers has not earned the trust to believe that any of these decisions are smart and any of these decisions will pay off because they have a very shaky track record and i just don't know if i can buy into this paying off for them i love that they're invested in making theatrical films Because I'm somebody that believes the theater experience will always exist. The theater experience is the way to go about seeing movies. I do wish, you know, that I got to see Prey on the big screen. But hey, maybe there's a a point down the road where there's a special release for that, you know. But I'm also of that mindset of seeing films that way. And, you know, if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that you're one of those people as well that believes the theater experience add something more to the movie that a movie is made for that giant screen for that surround sound you know things like the prey like the prey movie has a great score has a great soundtrack it would have been enhanced on the surround sound of a movie theater as well as how gorgeous that film is but again i'll get to that in a second so i love that hbo that 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 warner brothers discovery is invested in that I love that that's where they're going. I, I Props, kudos for that. But again, at the end of the day, a lot of the decisions made over the past decade now have left me at a point where I go, I look at all of this and I go, you scrapped the Batgirl movie when you could just release it in theaters. What the hell, you know, you're moving forward with, with this film, this film, and you're moving forward with this film where your lead is pretty much weekly in the news for some other type of crime that he's now being investigated for. Uh, The latest with that being the fact that he broke into somebody's home to steal liquor from them. You know, like, it's just a different thing weekly with that person to where you are doing the Ansel West Side Story move of, well, we're promoting this film and this film's great and it's wonderful, you know, and Michael Keaton... Yeah, well, we were gonna get Michael Keaton in Batgirl, and Batgirl, and the fact that you keep postponing this film and this film keeps moving back means y- you have to reshoot things in Aquaman too. You have to reshoot things here. Batgirl wouldn't have made sense in ways a- as well because of not seeing what is in that movie, the Flash film. So, uh, and and sticking with DC for a second, when they say we have a ten-year plan for DC, again, I call BS on all of this I, I, because didn't we already hear oh we have our 10 year plan with marvel like like marvel does it's always they're always trying to play the like marvel well Marvel is its own thing do your own thing and and i don't trust that you have a plan because wasn't that this Sny- night wasn't that the zach schneider verse wasn't that what that was wasn't that we have a plan And then you handed it to somebody and and quickly you went, wait a minute, we don't like what's going on here. And you put your fingerprints all over it and it became a conflict of interest. And that 10 year plan turned into a we've kind of abandoned it. We're kind of still in it. We kind of don't really know what the hell we're doing with it. We keep bringing back certain actors, but then we're telling you we're done with them. But then they like what? And that's the other thing. Cool. You find somebody to come in and take this job. Good luck fixing this. Because what is this? Uh, is it going to be a full slate clean? Is Aquaman 2 not going to matter in two years? Like, are, are you just going to merge all of it? Are you going to continue? Or are you going to combine it? Like, good luck. Whoever comes in, whoever's hired to lead the 10-year plan for DC, do you really want that job? Because I don't see it as a win situation at all. You either have to, again, full slate Wipe it clean, which means bye-bye Aquaman, bye-bye Flash, bye-bye Batman, everything we know. Or you have to find a way to push forward with more Snyder or combine it. Like, I think they go a combination route, but will it even mesh? Will it work? You know, it's it's gonna be a hard fix. So best of luck to whoever takes that job. But again, it's, it's partly why I call BS in all of this. Uh, and also, I do wanna point out If you have not watched South Park, the streaming wars, I feel like they pointed out everything that we are seeing transpire now with Warner Brothers Discovery. They pointed out that the money well will dry up, that the rich are going to get richer, and the creators are going to be the ones that get screwed, and the fans are going to get screwed also over the greed of these streamers over over these companies over everybody going wait a minute I want a streaming service now because that's what happened Netflix came about people saw how much money Netflix was making and they went well I want my own streaming service and I want my own and I want my own and I want my own and now that's why we're paying you know yeah cool we all cut cable because we had Netflix but we cut cable and now we're paying you know almost you know depending on what your plan is 20 dollars a month here at Netflix. Twenty dollars HBO Max, ten dollars Peacock, ten dollars Discovery Plus. All of a sudden, you're paying the same thing you were paying. That's why I think I, I've said for a while. I, I and I think Disney was the first one that showed that it could work. I just believe that all we did as millennials and the Gen Xers, or I'm sorry. Um, not the Gen Xers. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah. Part of Gen X as well. But I, I, I think, I think all of us who, who started cutting cable and went to the streaming side of things. Um, I, 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 I mean, like, I feel like it's, it's inevitable that we're going to head to streaming cable services where it's going to be pay somebody, you know, $50 and you get HBO Max and Netflix and this and that. And Netflix is going to be the, the key one for like everyone. Like Netflix is going to be your basic one because they were the first ones. They will always exist. They set the standard for it. Uh, you know, I, I, out of all of the streaming services, if I had to cancel any, Netflix would be the one that sticks around the longest for me. But that's why I also say HBO Max needs to be careful. I love Discovery Plus But if you start taking away the things that I love about HBO Max, that might make it harder for me, and and I might not invest in the full thing. I might just do a a small plan for it, you know? So, uh, the streaming wars that South Park did on, go figure, on a streaming service, Paramount Plus, was also, it was kind of funny that they got away with doing what they did, where they just totally trashed streaming services while on a streaming service, taking that streaming service money, but... They took money from, but but it, and not to say they took money. They did whatever whatever creator did. They sold the rights to their show, so the show show airs on HBO Max. They sold the seasons to HBO Max for a a set amount of years of streaming on HBO Max. They then sold new movies, aka just extended episodes, uh, and and multiple part episodes as well. So kind of like when they this is. They sold movies to Paramount Plus, but this would be like them being like, yeah, we, we sold you a movie. Here's the Imagination Land special. You know, a three-part extended episode is really what we're getting. Two-part extended episodes. And I'm cool with that. I'm always cool with more South Park. Hell, they're celebrating 25 years. August 13th, 1997, the show premiered. Shouldn't have been watching it, but I've been watching it for 25 years. Cannot believe I said that, but yeah. I'm a loyal Matt and Trey South Park guy. I'm a baseball fan as well. Uh, uh, Book of Mormon as well was, hmm, what a show. Oh, what a show. So that's everything that's going on. I hope I was able to (laughs) explain it the best I could, get it across. Uh, But yeah, uh, pretty much just know that a lot of this comes down to cost-cutting, and and even cost cutting in the in the idea of uh, I didn't mention this, but I, I mentioned it with the streamers. Be careful with that as well and where it's going, because while HBO Max and, and we heard that they're not going to be dedicated to investing money into streaming movies. Kind of has seen the same thing with Netflix I know I've mentioned them a lot and that they are the OGs of the streaming and all that. But if you look at it, Netflix has been sitting there and they've been trying to cut costs as well, where they said that they're not going to invest as much into certain movies. So they're investing into certain franchises and certain things. Yeah, they're going to invest in Stranger Things as much as possible. And that's why they're going to milk Stranger Things. The minute season five comes out and wraps up, they're going to milk right into some type of spinoff. That is a guaranteed. I know the Duffer brothers have already said that they've got spinoff ideas. Netflix has said they want to go to the spinoff route. Everybody is to use the term Amazon used for the Lord of the for their Lord of the Rings show. Everybody is looking for their Game of Thrones. Everybody is looking for that show that can take you five, six, seven, eight seasons Keep your numbers where they are. Take like 10 years to tell eight seasons of a show and then can spin off into another show that, you know, can hopefully keep your audience or at least keep a nice profit for you that makes it worth investing in those big things so that you can then have those little things. So, again, we'll see where that goes because if HBO, if Warner Brothers is cutting its spending on original movies and going a different route with its streamer and Netflix is over there cutting, how long until Disney starts cutting as well? How long until that? And that was the other thing um, that I thought was really interesting with the 10-year the plan, cutting the DC side of things in the conversation. Oh, Batgirl, we're not sending that to streaming and we want to be like Marvel. Well, Marvel's over there making television shows. In fact, She ho- today, the 10th, group premieres. She-Hulk premieres this week. We just finished watching you know Miss Marvel was the last one that came out. That ties into the Captain to the next Captain America or Captain America Captain Marvel movie. The Marvels. Like it ties into that. And there's a cliffhanger for that. Like literally ties into the damn movie that's going to be coming out. So uh, it, you know, interesting when they're like, "Oh, we're not going to do the the TV side of things and all of that." Marvel's doing that. And right now you're you're seeing Disney do a better job at the thing you're throwing a fit about. So, I you know again I don't really know how much I can trust in Warner Brothers. All right, so time to talk about Prey. Uh, this is going to be non-spoiler conversation, but I do have some some more thoughts on the movie. I kind of teased it in the Haunters podcast episode when I talk when we talked about it. Uh, first off, I love this movie. This is a really good movie. Uh, I, I love the prequel setting of this film. But what I really want to get into is that I think that this is uh, the rare action thriller that that truly doesn't skimp on any characters or any of their development. Uh, it's a Predator sequel done right or prequel, whatever you want to call it. But I think that this is the masterpiece of the Predator films. I think that this is a, a gorgeous film. Uh, beautifully shot. Dan Trachenberg. Uh, he did Ten Cloverfield Lane. Uh, he did the first episode of the boys as well. So he's the man that set the tone for that show. He did uh he he's done some Black Mirror as well. He did uh episode I think only one episode of Black Mirror. Good director, and my gosh. Uh, This was a gorgeous movie that, again, I feel could have had a theatrical release but might not have had the same, I should say, uh, debut that it had as far as streaming goes because Prey has actually turned out to be the most-watched premiere in Hulu history. Originally, you're going to laugh, but originally the biggest debut for anything on Hulu was The Kardashians. When they left E! and their new season debuted, I believe, a month or two ago on Hulu. So not too long ago, Hulu had set the record of biggest debut being the Kardashians. And now the Predator prequel, Prey, became the most watched premiere in Hulu history. So it's it's impossible to tell whether or not this film would have succeeded like that if it had a theatrical release. But I do feel that this is a film that... Could have had some legs, especially in the August time if you were to release it in theaters now. Uh, this is kind of a, a time where the films that are out get about a month until we get those, you know, like post Labor Day kind of film releases. And then, you know, this is that time of the year where it's a little bit of a lull. It's not even it's not even a post COVID thing or or a COVID nineteen thing with they didn't make enough film. It's just this is the lull time anyway, when it comes to cinema. You you get the occasional sleeper August hit. And I think that this could have been that sleeper August hit. But again, it is really hard to say whether or not this film would have benefited more from a theatrical release because in my household, I believe both of us would have gone to see this because it was actually my fiance that was really excited uh, to see this film. So she was the one that was like, so we're going to watch this? We're going to watch this? And I was like, so date night I to watch this. Cool, we got it. Uh, but this is a film that's uh, set 300 years prior to the original story. Uh, it is a story of a young woman, uh, a fierce, highly skilled warrior. She's been raised in the shadow of some of the most legendary hunters from her tribe who roamed the Great Plains. Uh, when danger threatens her camp, she sets out to protect her people. Uh, the prey she stalks and ultimately confronts turns out to be a highly evolved alien predator with a technically advanced arsenal resulting in a vicious and terrifying showdown between the two adversaries. Uh, And again, just to me, this is the masterpiece. This is a film that took the best parts of every single Predator film, excluded the Alien vs. Predator stuff, thankfully, and did not disappoint, provided a film that furthered the mythology of the Predator franchise did callbacks that were done in such a way that were so, there were two callbacks to Dutch from the original 87 Arnold Schwarzenegger's character that just felt so naturally woven into the characters. So when they said the lines, it didn't, it didn't take you out of the film. It didn't make you go, oh, that's somebody trying to do Arnold. That's, 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 a native American trying to be Arnold Schwarzenegger now. Yeah. Like, no, they just, and I won't say what the lines are. Cause again, this is a non-spoiler conversation about the film, but I liked that they were able to weave in different aspects of not just 87's predator, but we're talking predator two as well. There was something that came up that the minute it happened, I, I turned to my fiance and I went, Oh my God. That's the thing from Predator 2. And she just went, "Huh?" Okay, and I was like, "No, seriously, that's a thing from Predator 2. Like that's that's something that that matters from that film. Like that's a thing that wow, that plays into that. Holy crap. Really cool. So again, like it really found a way to mesh the best parts of all of those films into one beautifully crafted, well-developed story uh, characters that you care about. there is a dog, uh, a, a real dog as well. This is not CG there are CGI character like characters CGI animals in this film, but this dog there it is not CGI and is definitely a scene stealer the entire time. Um, just an edge of your seat even at home. fresh, exciting. It's a standalone Predator film while also playing into a, a much bigger mythology of the Predator films uh, and, and just the perfect example of how sometimes a new perspective can really enrich a story. And, and and I hope has opened a door as well to, and we joked about this on Haunter's podcast, I, I do hope that this opens a door to other period pieces for the predator films because this was a a period piece. And one of the best period pieces I've seen a very accurate one, a well acted one, just there's nothing about this movie that I can belittle in any way that I can critique in any way. I believe that this is the first time I'm going to say this this year. This is a five out of five for me. This film really nails it. And I was completely blown away by this movie. Fully recommended. if you are one of the few that have not watched it on Hulu. It's there for your viewing pleasure. It is worth every single second. It's only like an hour and 40 minutes or so, but it is worth every single second that you watch. So yeah, this is to me the first, the first film this year that I am giving a five out of five to. And you heard it first here. So thank you all for hanging out this week. We'll be back next week. Uh, Make sure, again, you uh, like all the Throw Me Podcast Network stuff on all the socials, everything but Twitter. So TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. And please share the show with your friends. Until next week, peace and love.